Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We're excited that you're here. Joining us on Thanksgiving weekend, which we said earlier in the earlier service, it's, it's really kind of interesting Thanksgiving these days, especially post-COVID. Uh, you kind of never know what's going to happen. This is like the second one after COVID. So we, we used to have great attendance on Thanksgiving weekend prior, and this time not so much. But of course, again, you have all this... If you watch the news, they'll scare you to death. But anyway, uh, you do, people just kind of still scared to get out and get in a in an auditorium with other people. But they ain't afraid to get to the Alabama game, are they? So anyway, uh, that's, boy, what a game last night. But we're excited that you're here. I don't want to get off on sports because somebody will think I'm for Alabama. I, 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 let me tell you. I don't care. I'm more concerned about what your shoes are and what kind of shoes you have on <laughs> than, than your football team. So anyway, because I'm a shoe person, I just love shoes. But anyway, uh, we're glad you're here, glad you're joining us on Thanksgiving because, again, it's always an exciting time to be in God's house. And let's also welcome those who are joining us online on Facebook Live. We know some people, because they can't be here and they're traveling, they're either watching at home, watching at the office, or watching in their car uh, as somebody else drives or at least listening to us. So we want to welcome them. And let me also say this. Today is going to be a lot like last week. Uh, it's going to be a lot like last week, and it's going to not be like last week. Again, if you were here, that's going to make a lot of sense to you, because in just a minute, I'm going to read a passage of Scripture. And unlike last week, the passage that we're going to look at this morning, we're not going to go through that passage word by word and or phrase by phrase like we did last week. So that's going to be different from last week. But there's a part of this today that's going to be the same as last week. And the thing that's going to be the same is that some of you, like last week, as we go through this, there's going to be this tendency for you to hear what I'm saying, hear what I'm teaching, and you're going to have this tendency to push back. And you're going to say, uh, yeah, Randy, sure, I, I really believe that. Like on another planet, in another fairy tale, but you really can't expect me to believe that is going to happen in my life. And see, here's the thing. I, I totally understand when you're, where you're coming from. If you're one of those people who say, you know, like, I, you know that's another life, another planet. I don't even I, I, But let me tell you why I give this credit. I tend to believe this totally because of the person who said it. You see, the person who said this this is a person had, who had more to do than any of you will ever have to do. And he had less time to do it. The person who said what we're going to look at in just a moment, in just a moment, he had the most important mission that any person who has ever lived. He had the most important mission that, that anyone has ever had. And he was a guy who had more to accomplish than anyone. And with that being said, listen to what I'm saying. He worked three years, and then he went into retirement. He had only three years to get the job done that had been assigned to him. And while at the very same time he had those three years to get his job done, he never traveled more than walking distance from where he lived. 
The person who said what we're going to look at in just a moment ago, in just a few minutes, is a person who lived over 2,000 years ago. And here we are over 2,000 years later, and we're still talking about him. And not only are we talking about him, but one-third of all the people on the planet believe that he is who he said he was. There's one thing I think that we all need to recognize this morning. If you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to find out that this guy gave lots of advice. And not only did he give advice, he actually lived out the advice that he gave. What we're about to read and what he asked us to do is something that he did. And he accomplished more than all of us in this room, time 10,000. So for that reason, and that reason alone, this is something that I think that all of you in this room, listening and watching online, it's something that we need to listen to closely. And not only do we need to listen to this closely, this is something we need to take seriously because this is the way that you and I should live our lives. We're looking at the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at verse 24. I'm going to read it, and you're going to be able to see it behind me on the screen. And, and, I, and I'm going to read most of it. I'm going to read it in bigger chunks than I did last week. And we're going to look at what we read uh, or what we're reading, and we're going to look at some of it, you know, as, as, as I come to certain things, and, and I know it's important that you need to hear it right then. But at the end of this, that's when we're going to talk about what we've read. Here's what this guy says. And this guy, which I'm sure you have figured out, is Jesus. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. No, you cannot serve both God and money. Now, let me, let me stop here because I think you need to understand because I know what some of you already are thinking. Didn't he just talk about money a few weeks ago? I'm not talking about money today, okay? I'm not talking about money because the word money that is used in this translation, which is the NIV, is the word mammon, M-A-M-M-O-N. Mammon actually means your wealth or your stuff. So, so really, to me, the, the, the use of the word money is really not, in my opinion, it's not the best translation. Because what it really means and what Jesus is saying, he's really addressing anything. He's addressing anything that you have. You can't serve God and all the stuff that you have. There's just no way for you to live your life and serve God and your stuff at the same time. That's a key thought that you need to understand. You can't serve God and all the stuff in your life at the same time. But then Jesus goes on. Look at what he says. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Or what he means when he says worry, do not be distracted. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, 
what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Now, let me give you some insight. We're just going to stop right there. We'll leave that on the screen where you can see it. The insight that you need to understand when Jesus talks about clothing and food, you have to understand that in those days, they didn't know what a freezer was. They didn't know what a refrigerator was. So when you got up in the morning, the very first thing that you thought of it's simply the thought, do I have enough food to make it through the day? So he's talking about things that are critical to those people and their life. He's talking about food, and he's talking about shelter, and he's talking about clothing. And most of us in this room, and most of you who are watching me online, those are things that, you know what, you don't really even think about that. Those are not things in our culture that we really even worry about. That's most of us. Because if you were to talk to those people back in that day and say, don't worry about your food and your clothes and what you have to wear, that's like coming to us and Jesus saying, hey, don't worry about your mortgage tomorrow. Don't worry about your bank account. Don't worry about your car payment. And you're like, yeah, Jesus, sure, I, I don't think you understand. Well, those people were the same. Because as you listen, Jesus is, is addressing the critical things in their lives. Don't worry about those things. Look at the birds in the air. And then he goes on. Look, 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 look at the screen behind me. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, Jesus says, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. What, what, what he's saying is that the people who don't even believe in God, they're consumed with food and shelter and what they're wearing and what they're eating. They're going about life, and they're busy, 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 and, and, and trying to have enough. That's the people who don't believe in God. Jesus says, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But look at what he says. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, I know that some of you are going to push back. But, but here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, do, do you want to get rid of the frantic, rush, 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 busyness of life? Then if that's the case, it's simple. You just have to do one thing. You have to reprioritize your values. In other words, food is important, clothing is important, God is important. But what are you going to make most important? Or what's going to be the thing that's most valuable? What's going to be the thing that's most important to you? What's going to be most important in your life? See, what Jesus is saying is, What's going to be the thing that you take and you put it on the top shelf in your life? Because here's the thing. It's not a matter of if these things are important. They're all important. The question really comes down to what's most important. It comes down to this. What are you going to seek first? That's what Jesus is saying. And, and let me tell you, this is big. The way not to be so busy, many of you think, you know, the way for you to, to just stop being consumed by the frantic busyness of life is I just have to say no. I have to say no to the kids' school. I have to say no to the church. I have to say no to my in-laws. I have to say no to my husband. I have to say no to my wife. But the answer is not just saying no to things. You don't just stop being busy by cutting back. You stop being busy when you say yes to your heavenly father and you allow him to begin to reorder and reprioritize your values. I mean, again, you want to know the way to be, to stop being rushed and, and, and so frantic and so busy. You want to know the way to stop chasing all of those things that you, you think are important you want to stop, you want to know how to stop chasing all the things that our world tells you is so important? Then Jesus is telling us it's all about reordering. It's all about reprioritizing our life and not just our life. It's about reordering and reprioritizing our values. A few weeks ago, I quoted Henry Nouwen. And Nowen is a scholar who died in September of 1996. I've done several Bible, you know, Bible studies, small groups, community groups uh, around some studies or books that Nowen wrote. But, I mean, he's deep. And he's really deep. And he wrote this 
quote on busyness, or this is a quote that I found in his writings on busyness. And honestly, I should have put this on the screen so that you could have this to see behind me, but I'll probably put it on Facebook some point this week. If you're not following us on Facebook, follow the Crossroads Facebook page, and I'll put it there. But here's what he said. Look, listen to what he said. He said, I discovered that I, cannot, that I cannot fight the demons of busyness directly. I cannot continuously say no to this and no to that unless there is something 10 times more attractive to choose. The only hope is to find something so obviously, now look at what he says, the only hope in dealing with business, busyness in life, is to find something that is so obviously real and attractive that I can devote all my energies to saying yes. And what Nowen is saying is really the same thing that Jesus said. You have to live your life. And you have to find that one thing. You have to find that, that, that guiding light. You have to find that, that guiding principle. And then once you find that one thing, then what you do is you take your life and you recalibrate everything in your life towards that one thing. There has to come a place in your life where you find that one thing, that one thing that is most important, and you say, I'm going to recalibrate and reorganize and reevaluate and reprioritize everything in my life in order to keep that one thing. Number one. And Jesus says, you live your life and you treat this as like, like it's really complicated. But Jesus says, it's really, really simple. If you'll learn to seek my kingdom first. Jesus says, by seeking his kingdom first. When you, keep, when you seek his kingdom first, when you do that by its very nature and by definition, it will begin to reorganize and reprioritize all of your values. And when it's all said and done, this is what Jesus is saying. He's, say, he's basically saying, and when it's all said and done, you're going to get everything done in your life that you need to get done without sacrificing your relationship with your heavenly father and the relationships of the people that he has put around you, that he's placed in your life. Jesus doesn't simply say to stop worrying. He says it's just not about saying no. It's, it's not just about saying no. But what it's really about, it's about saying yes. It's about saying yes to your heavenly father. 
Because when you begin every day by saying yes to your heavenly father, then you're going to really understand and find it much easier to say no to the things that are going to cut your relationship, cut, cut the legs out from under your relationship with God and with the other people that God has placed in your life. Let, 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 me, let me put it this way. Busyness is not the problem. Busyness is the manifestation of the problem. The problem that many of us are facing this morning it isn't that you're busy. It's that you have misprioritized values. I mean, think about it this morning. Food, shelter, bosses, work, children, babies. All of those things are important. But Jesus commanded. His challenge is to us that if we will get first things first... If we will begin to seek the kingdom of God first, you will begin to see amazing things happen with all of those very important other things. Now, let me stop here and talk about this in a different way because all of you in this room and all of you watching and listening online, you're just like me. You're seeking something first. Every one of us is seeking something first, without a doubt. All of us puts something first. And when it comes to whatever it is that you're putting first, you know what that means? That means that everything else in your life comes in second. Let me, let me talk to the men. Men, you, you, don't, you don't know what's first in your life? I'll tell you who to ask. Ask your wife. Women, you don't, you don't know what's first in your life? Ask your husband. It may be a mystery to all of us, but all of us are doing this. Because in each one of our lives, all of us are seeking something first. For some of you, it's approval. You just have to have the affirmation and the approval of other people. That's the most important thing in your life. For some of us, it's money. For some of you, you're seeking progress first. For some of you, it's organization. Organization is the most important thing to you and to your life. The point is that there are many, many good things that you and I are involved in. The problem is that you and I are seeking those things first. And Jesus is saying, look, I know it's important to you. Look, I, I, I know you need to make money. You, you know how Jesus would say, he says, you know what? I know you need to make money because I'm the one who gave you the gifts and the talents and the abilities so that you can go out and make money. I know you need to make money. I know you need approval. I, I, I know you value progress. I know you love organization. 
All of those things are good things. I gave you the ability to do all of those things. You just have to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's just the simple fact that none of those things can be first. Because if those things are the first thing in your life, then there's a fatal flaw attached to every one of those things. And the fatal flaw that's attached to money and progress and organization and approval and countless other things, the flaw that's attached to all of those is that with every one of those, there's no finish line. I mean, think about it. When do you get enough money? When do you get enough approval? When is there enough progress? When are things organized enough? When do you have enough time for yourself? See, if that's the thing you put first, here's the thing you're doing. You're constantly checking on those things. Constantly seeking, constantly checking. Do I have enough money? Do I have enough organization? Do I have enough progress? Do I have enough approval? You're consistently checking on those things. And do you know why you're consistently checking on those things? It's because none of those things have a finish line. There's no finish line with any of those things. And they're all good things. And the reason I can say that all of those things are good things is because those things are a very, they are the very reflection of the image of God in your life. But they're terrible things to seek first. And the reason is because there's simply no finish line. And Jesus comes along in Matthew chapter 6 and he says, you know what? I'm not against any of that stuff. I'm not against food. I'm not against shelter. I'm not against clothing. I'm not against progress or approval or money or time for you. I'm not against any of that stuff. It's just this. If you seek those things first, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Because there's never going to be enough. And you're always going to walk away from those things wanting more. So Jesus makes us a promise. And that's why this thing works. He says, if you will seek me first, that if my relationship with you becomes the priority in your life. And if you will allow me to begin reordering your life, then here's what's going to happen. I will bring healthy limits to the busyness of your life. I'll put some bookends in your life as it relates to busyness. I'll bring into your life some priorities, and I'll bring into your life some changes. I'm not going to make you want more money or progress or organization or approval. 
I'm not going to stop those things. I'm just going to bring into your life some healthy limitations. That is why you seek me first. Because when you do, you will no longer economize on the relationships that are best and the most important to you. When you seek me first, you will no longer economize on spending time with me, God says. Because when you seek me first, listen, listen to what he says, when you seek me first, your priorities will change. And when you seek me first, you're not going to sacrifice your relationship with me for something over there because that something over there is never going to be enough. It, it, it really made me think. Do, do you know what it's like? Do you know what it looks like when you seek the kingdom of God first? It's really simple. When you seek the kingdom of God first, you're going to love God and love people. That's what that looks like. That's what that looks like. You will love God and you will love other people. And if you will do that, then you know what you're free to do. You can do whatever you want with the rest of your time and your energy and your money. When you seek the kingdom of God first, you will put your relationship with God first, and you will also be faithful with the relationships that you have with the people that God has put around you. And when you do that, you're free to do whatever you want with the rest of your time, your energy, your talent, or your money. But there's a threat that this, uh, this kind of poses to most of us. And I have to be honest to tell you this morning that when I talk about a threat, I understand this threat. See, the threat is that if I put the kingdom of God first in my life, the threat is that I feel like I just won't get as far in life as I think I should. I'm not going to make the progress in life that, uh, that I think I should. And, and things in my life might get out of order. And, you know, and again, you're pushing back and you're going, well, what about this and what about that and what about this and what about that? And here's what we really need to understand. Seeking the kingdom of God first is not about you sitting over here on your hands and doing nothing. This isn't about you sitting in the corner in the morning when you get up and meditating on some verses. Because when you think about it, the gifts and the passions and the, ability, the abilities that God has given you, he gave you all of those things for a purpose. 
The fact, though, is that none of those abilities and gifts and talents, none of those can be number one. Because if one of those things is number one, then it becomes endless motion. There's no finish line. And you'll keep going back to it. And you will economize in your relationship with God and the relationships you have with people that God has put around you. Here's the promise that Jesus makes. He says, if you will allow me to begin to reprioritize and reorganize your values, then guess what? This is what Jesus is saying. If you will allow me in your life to begin to reprioritize and reorganize, then all of those other things, talent, money, approval, organization, all those things will be given to you. If you'll let me begin to reprioritize and reorganize, then all those things that you important that you think are important, all those things are going to be added to you. Remember the verse that you see behind me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. But see, we turn around and say, but, but, but Randy, but what, what happens if I don't show up? Because if I don't show up, it's not going to get done. And we worry and we worry and we worry. And God is sitting over here watching us and looking at us and saying, Randy, do you think I was born yesterday? I'm God. I can handle the situation in your life. I can fill in the gaps. I can handle that real estate deal when you're not there. I can make things work out. I can make sure that things will work out if you will just reorganize and reprioritize your life around me. And then all of these other things will be added to you. That's what God's saying. God, God's saying to all of you and to me and to those watching and listening online, I'm in your corner. I'm for you, not against you. God is saying to you, I want you to exploit the gifts and the talents and the abilities that I've given you. If your thing is making money, then get out there and make money. Just as long as making money doesn't interfere with my relationship with you and your relationships with the key people in your life and the ministries that you're involved in. And see, here's the thing. I know that this is a little scary, but you want to know what? This is the only way out, seeking God's kingdom first. It's the only way you can escape the craziness that this world has placed you in. Because there's so much to do. And there's so much that hasn't gotten done yet. Putting God's kingdom first 
is the only way for you and I to be productive on two fronts. It's the only way for you to succeed in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And at the same time, succeed in the marketplace. Because here's the thing, if you don't seek Him first, something else is out there that you will seek first. And I can guarantee that whatever it is that you're seeking first, other than your relationship with your Heavenly Father, I can guarantee this. I would write you a $10 million check and bet you that whatever it is that's ahead of your relationship with your Heavenly Father, I can guarantee it. There's no finish line. And if there's no finish line, that means that for you and for me, there's no way out. So here's the thing. If you will start your day by saying yes to your heavenly father. And if that yes will become the habit of your life, then you're going to find it much easier to say no to those things that would wreck and wreak havoc with your relationship with him and your relationships with the people in your life. See, here's what I know. I, I know that for me, when my time with God, just me and God, is strong, you know what happens? Things just go better in life. When my time with God is strong, then things in my life just go better. When my, when, my, when my time with God is strong, it's, it's easier. You know, you know what it's easier for me to do? It's easier for me to put down my iPhone. It's easier for me to turn off the television. It's so much easier for me to be at home and to really be at home. When my time with God is strong, it's easy for me to go on a trip and say, God... You just handle stuff while I'm gone. Because here's the honest truth. If God can't handle it, then we're all in trouble, right? If you don't believe this, then I'm challenging you. Put God to the test. Just put him to the test. Just say to him tomorrow, God, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to get done what I need to do at home or what I need to do at the office. And God, if I don't have enough time to get done what I need to get done, I'm going to have to cheat somebody. So I've decided that the office is going to get cheated. And I'm not going to expect people to understand. I'm not going to expect my wife to understand but I'm going to expect someone else to understand. And if they don't understand, then God, you're going to have to intervene. Because if you don't intervene, God, that's big trouble for me. But God, I'm going to do this your way. And you're first. And everything else is second. And whoever is second is going to be second. So, God, I'm going to allow you to reorganize and reprioritize my value system.
And see, I think Jesus made it really clear. Because again, if you put the wrong things first, it'll never work. If you put the wrong things first, you'll never get in. If you put the wrong things in first, if you seek first the wrong things, then in your life there will never be any margin. And you'll never get it all done. And you will consistently live your life and you will always be frustrated. But if you're wise enough to seek first, that is to put into your life first the most important thing, then by God's grace, all of those other things that you want, all those other things are somehow going to fit. And here's what I like the best. There's going to be margin. It's not the capacity. It's not the volume. It's the priority. It's what you determine is going to be first. That's the promise. And what a promise. And if you don't believe it, try it. I mean, just let me ask you a question. Wouldn't anything be better than the busy, frantic pace of life you're living right now? I mean, wouldn't anything be better than that? So here's the question. Here's the question. This is the question to all of us in the room and all those watching online. What are you seeking first? I mean, think about your life. What are you seeking first? Men, let me tell you again, if you don't know, your wife knows. And women, if you don't know, your husband knows. And singles, let me, sp let me speak to the singles. Singles, if you don't know, then ask somebody close to you. Because there's always somebody close to us that's going to know the thing that we're putting first. If you'd really like to know and maybe you're afraid to ask, I can tell you how to find out what's first in your life. And it's really, really simple. You want to know what's first in your life? Look at your schedule. Look at your calendar. You want to know what's first in your life? Look at your checkbook. Look at your credit card statements. Those things will tell you in black and white what you're seeking first. Those are big indicators. Because where you spend your money, where you spend your time, that tells you the story of your life because it's right there in front of you in black and white. And your Heavenly Father, who has done so much to make his relationship with you possible, he says to you this morning, look, I mean, practically speaking, he says, look, if you just seek me first, 
If you will just give me the first few minutes of your day and say, yes, 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 I'm not worried about what or who I'm going to say no to. If you'll just say, I'm going to say yes to you, God. Then God says, you know what? I'll give you the courage and the insight to say no to those things that are infringing on your relationship with me and the people that I have placed around you. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you in good time and good measure as God knows that you can handle it. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? God, again, it's, it's so important and exciting at the very same time to, to open your word. Today, we look at the words of Jesus, our Savior, our leader, our Redeemer, our friend, who gives us very simple instruction as it relates to what it means to live a life of purpose and meaning. That it's simple. It's not complicated. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. You won't escape the busyness, the frantic pace of life, the things the world throws at you. Put all those other things down and seek first my kingdom, Jesus says. Because when you do, all of these other things will be added to you. So God, we've walked through this promise. We've walked through this truth contained in Matthew chapter 6. And God, although some of us in this room may question or push back or feel like, you know what, maybe that's for somebody else on another planet in another fairy tale. It's something that you told us and left for us to understand it applies to our life in 2021. So God, we just ask you to do what only you can do in each of our lives. Help us understand that truth. Help us get up tomorrow morning and say yes to you and our relationship with you. Knowing that when we do that and we make that a habit, that all the other things that we desire in life will be added to us. They'll be given to us. So God, do it again. Do what only you can do. As we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name, amen.